0: Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard. And as I share with you every week, I am so grateful to have you all here coming and tuning into the show and really showing up to learn and grow and be different in yourself, in your relationship, in whatever struggles you have going on in your life right now. You have really come to the right place. And I'm extra grateful for you today because today is Canadian Thanksgiving and I know that we all, you know, up here in Canada, we sit down awkwardly around the table sometimes and think about all the things that we are grateful for and luckily in my life, I think more so since my own divorce the gratitude that I have for so much in my life on a daily basis has been such a focus and a practice for me. It has been such a source of joy and appreciation and really allowing myself to be present, and be appreciative with everything that I have in my life now. Not just materially, but friendships, relationships, my children, opportunities, the fact that I can even be here talking to all of you. I mean, this is something that I would have only dreamed of having a podcast at one point, and now I do, and the gratitude that I have for that, and every one of you who comes in and listens is so big, and I have so much love. And appreciation for you for that. Now you're here because you are either struggling in your relationship, you're contemplating divorce, maybe you are thick in the process of divorce right now, or you're on the, on the other side and you're wanting to make better choices and redefine yourself and your life and just do it all better. You know, because no matter what stage of your life you're in, if you are going through a tough time, getting support is the best place to start. And it starts really with the relationship that we have with ourselves. There's so many people that I bring on this show and I'm really excited actually about the guests that are coming up in October, and November, really big ones. So please stay tuned and watch out for those about relationships, about ourselves, about what it takes to create healthy, happy, sustainable relationships. Because I think so many of us, we are so stuck on that society mentality that our relationships have to last forever in order for them to be a success. Now, I'm giving you permission today to let that go, to shatter that myth, because that is not true. That is my opinion, but it is truly not the truth. If you've been together with someone for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20, 25, 30, however long And now you've come to a place where it's no longer working. It was a success for the length of time that you were together. You built a life. Maybe you had children. Maybe you grew together. You created this experience with them. That is not in any way, shape, or form a failure. You were successful as you were learning and growing and being who you wanted to be or not wanted to be inside that relationship. And that was a growth experience for you. And because it ended, doesn't mean that you're a failure. Doesn't mean that you don't know how to do relationships. It doesn't mean that you're never going to be in a relationship again. Doesn't mean that your life is now a success or that you're tarnished and tainted with this whole idea of breakup or divorce on your sleeve. And that's not what it means. It means that you have an opportunity to go deeper into yourself, into what you truly want in this life and have the chance to create it. Because there are a lot of you sitting in that place of indecision in your marriage right now. You've been in it for a long time. You know, you're not happy. You know, you're unfulfilled. You also know you're super grateful for everything that you've already built in this relationship. So so why do you feel this way? But there's more than that. You can be very grateful for what you have and still feel unfulfilled. You may have gotten through divorce already and now you're on the other side and you're dating or you're in a post-divorce relationship and you just want to do things differently. So you make sure not to make the same mistakes again. That's so essential. And it comes down to really learning about who we are, how we show up, how we've been patterned throughout our entire lives to show up in relationships with people. And then to safeguard ourselves from all of the toxicity that can actually be around us and create a real sense of awareness of what we truly want, the energy that we want to surround ourselves, the path we want to be on, and make sure that we put the people and the support in place that match that and are aligned with what we want in our lives. So my gratitude to you today, everyone, is huge. I love you all. I'm so appreciative of you being here. And the more that we can get on the show and talk about hard things, the more I want this to be out in front of other people. Now, I run this podcast solely out of my own pocket. I do not have sponsorships. I do not run run ads selling anything because I truly feel that I am here to give this to you. I want to be able to bring you as much support as possible and guidance, and education, and knowledge, and empowerment, and all the people that can really help you along the way do that. But there is one small thing I'd love for you to do for me so that I can help get this out in front of all of the people who need it most. And that is this. If you are listening to this podcast, please rate and review the show. And Give it a follow because that's what gets it in front of as many people as possible. It's the ratings. It's the review. That's how they show up on the list. If someone's looking for divorce or relationship help or anything along hardship or tragedy or loss or relationship issues, we want to make sure that we can get this in front of the people who need it most because it truly does help you rating us and reviewing us and making sure that you're sharing this with other people because other people need it too. You are 100% not alone out there with what you are going through. And if you want even more support than just this podcast, I do have coaching experiences for people who are in various stages of their relationship or divorce. Right now, every Thursday, I run a support group called I Think I Want a Divorce, and it is really focused on all those people out there, all of you guys out there who are contemplating whether or not this relationship is going to stand the test of time, whether or not your partner is truly still your forever person, or whether this is someone that you can continue to grow with. Every Thursday we meet as a group and you get to see, my friend, that you are not alone in this struggle, in this place of contemplation, that everyone coming to this group feels very similar to you. And it's such a beautiful group and experience because Everyone is listening to themselves speak almost when they hear everyone else's stories. And that's what gives us power and confidence to know that you aren't alone and that there is potentially something more for you, or there are things that you can do in your relationship right now to see if it's even salvageable. Because at the end of the day, I would love it if you could rebuild and reignite and rekindle the relationship that you have now and divorce the old version of it that you have, but create something new. I mean, how beautiful is that if you were able to do that so that you can have a different experience with your same partner if this partner is the one that is long-term meant for you. So this support group runs every week. If you click the link in the show notes, you'll be able to to see what it's all about. If you want to join, there's still two and a half months left of our weekly group coaching. And every week I go through modules and we learn about ourselves and our attachment styles and our patterning and how we love our love styles, what we do in relationships in terms of communication and resolving conflict and what we truly want and need in our lives to be fulfilled so if you are in that place of contemplation this group is for you and i'd love you to check it out there's still time to register i won't be running another support group like this again until after into the new year and that might look different then so this is your chance to get some support you need especially if you're in this sort of fall place before the holidays of i don't know what i want in my life and i don't know if this is it i would love to have you. I know the group would love to have you. It's 100% confidential as well. So please know that you're showing up and we're here to give you the support that you need. So today, today, it's just me. Today, you just get me on the show. I do have lots of guests coming up in the next few weeks. Today, I wanted to talk about something really important to me anyways. As a divorce coach and as a relationship decision coach, You probably all know by now that I am in no way an advocate of divorce. What I am an advocate of is healthy, happy, thriving, fulfilling, connected, loving relationships. And that takes work. We can't think, well, we can, but it's not advisable to hop into a relationship and think because there's so much love there, because there's so much attraction there, because there's so much, you know, companionship or or similarity that this is going to be easy and fine and it's going to last forever this way. Relationships that are worth it, anything that is worth it in your life, takes work to keep it, to grow it, to nurture it. And that's what we need to do also in relationships but so many times I think we feel that we jump into a relationship or not necessarily even jump into one. Let's be honest. We we build a relationship with someone and the moment we either move in with them or we get married to them, we feel like we're locked in. The work is over. We've done it. We've secured them. We've got the partner. Now we can just kind of coast in life and continue to do our things. But to me, that is where the work begins that is where things need to start happening we do so much around trying to attract someone and connect with someone and have them you know buy into this relationship with you too so you can build something together and then we we almost stop the work once we secure them once we've got them it's over now it's easy and now we'll just coast but this is really when the foundation needs to start to be put in place so that you can actually create a loving, successful, strong relationship that will last a long time. And I'm not going to say forever. Because honestly, I don't believe in forever. I don't believe there's anything that lasts forever. You know, the only thing we know for certain in this life is death. And since my experience of of losing my partner when Mike died, nothing has been more obvious to me that there is truly nothing more certain than death of a a human life but what we have every day now and what we can do with this this is what matters this is the journey it's not about the outcome and where we can go with this that's all nice and fine and wonderful to look at a vision in the future but what are we doing right now to build and enjoy and really truly experience our relationships in the best possible way. So in the realm of successful relationships, I believe there are three kind of essential ingredients, essential things that must be present and really carefully considered and nurtured in order for us to build a thriving partnership that does last the test of time. And I believe in the foundation of a relationship. And it's a piece that many of us don't look at, especially when we're young and we're getting into a relationship for the first time. You know, maybe our first love, the one that we married, the one that we have kids with. We aren't really thinking of these things at the time. But it doesn't mean it's too late. It just means that now it's time for you to dig into this work. Look at the foundation of your relationship, how strong it is, how much you've got together in terms of alignment, and where do you want to go from here? And especially if you're getting into another relationship after divorce or breakup or loss, you can start building that essential foundation now. So what I'm going to share with you in this podcast is I want you to think of these as pillars upon which a thriving partnership stands. Because in my opinion, and I've said this many times to you guys, you cannot build a solid foundation on sand. You just can't. Eventually, over time, things are going to sink, things are going to fall apart, and it will dissolve slowly. So we want to be able to build a really solid foundation first, and then we see where this goes over time. So let's get into these three pillars, these three essential ingredients of what I believe creates a healthy, happy relationship. And also, it's it also gives you a real good sense of, is this relationship meant to last the test of time? Is this the person that I'm supposed to be with? Because sometimes these essential ingredients that I'm going to share with you are black and white reasons for whether or not you stay together or whether or not you are going to perhaps end this relationship because you don't see the ability to create a solid foundation with them because of the way these ingredients are either show up or don't show up in your relationship. Okay. So to get into this, I'm going to bring in my own personal experiences too. And just as a caveat, these are not just the only three essential ingredients that make a a good relationship. There are so many other things involved, but these are the three core principles that I really like to base things on in terms of how we have a high level look of our relationship. I will bring in my personal experiences, and this is no way for me to just air my dirty laundry or throw my ex under the bus. I am simply using these as examples to show you how they've shown up for me and how I've learned from that and how I've been able to identify these, these ingredients, these key elements in real life, and maybe how I've dealt with them going forward. So let's dive into this. What are the three essential ingredients? to create a thriving partnership. Well, the first one for me, the first one's actually built. I've built eight key elements within within it. But the first one is foundational compatibility. Now, your foundational compatibility in a relationship refers to how you are aligned in your fundamental beliefs, values, goals between you and your partner. It encompasses the essential aspects of a partnership that provide a strong and harmonious base, harmonious, harmonious, harmonious base for you both to thrive together. So in terms of foundational compatibility, I look at it as a combination of eight key elements. First of all, your core values, partners, should share or at least have very similar core values in your relationship. This is not to say that everything has to be the same. They do not. When you look at the values that you have in life, sometimes it's a very overwhelming task. If you've ever sat down and gone through your values, it can be really overwhelming to do it because there are so many. You can go and download a list from Brené Brown, James Clear, really take a look at what values are, and start to prioritize them for you. What I do with my clients, and especially in the group program, is at the beginning, we sat down with this list and we you know, whittled it down to the top 20, and then the top 15, and then the top 10, and then the top five, and then your top three core values. Because this really gives you a sense of what you truly find the moral and ethical foundation in yourself and a relationship that you want to build. So do you share core values with your partner? Like honesty, trust, integrity, respect, family or or money and success and growth. It's so important to really identify what these core values are in yourself and what they are in your partner. Now I think sometimes if we haven't done this work and we haven't really been aware of how we live our core values, sometimes we look at a list like that or we look at our lives and we think we have certain core values, but we aren't necessarily living those core values. If you look at your life and what you're living and how you're showing up, oftentimes our core values are reflected most in our actions. So if you're saying things like, you know. I, I don't value material things. I don't value monetary success. I don't really value, you know, travel. Yet you're spending a ton of money on your travel experiences, on material things, on cars, on houses, on trips, but you're saying you don't value that. You actually do value that. And there's nothing wrong with valuing that. It's just being aware that how you live and what you live into is often a reflection of those values. So to be aligned on what you feel your values are, what you know them are, and what you're living is very important. I mean, I didn't even know, honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't even know much about values at all until I went through divorce. I didn't do any deep core self-work around myself and my relationship at all until until divorce was was in front of me because I knew at that point we really needed to get clear on what we both wanted in order for the marriage to work going forward although i knew that it wasn't going to continue to work but when my ex-husband and i went to counseling during the divorce process we went not to save the marriage in my opinion but to to help have us be supported through the uncoupling of our of our relationship you know i remember our therapist taking us through the values exercise you know helping us identify or having us identify what our core values were and I found this really eye opening to me because my ex husband had said that his core values, one of his core values, was family. But he has a very dysfunctional relationship with his family, a very separate relationship and not a deep relationship at all with his family. Doesn't reach out to his nieces and nephews, doesn't reach out to my family, doesn't make family a priority. You know, Thanksgiving isn't about family, it's about friends. So, although it's extended family in a way, at the same time, his core value of saying it was family, but not living into that family value, because nothing he did revolved around, you know, creating and sustaining a, a solid family relationship was out of line. And not that it's wrong. It's just, you know, let's identify what we truly value. And if that's not it, what is it that we value? And in that moment that's when i saw that there was such an an unawareness such a deep alignment between what i think he felt he needed to be to value because that's what i valued but different than what he actually valued and i think that's where the growth starts to come from of that identification in yourself that awareness in you what are my values because my life is a reflection of my values and if i don't like how i'm living my life then I need to change my values so that I can start to show up in the way that I want to show up and reflect those values that are more aligned with a person in the life that I want to be. So that's number one. Number two is your life goals. Now, both of you, to be compatible, should have similar long-term goals and aspirations, whether it comes to career, family, education, travel, your personal growth and development what are your life goals because if they aren't quite similar or on the same path then a future is going to be hard to create with someone who isn't seeing alignment with you in terms of what you want for your future so let's say for example for me right now, my life goal is to really focus in on my career, build my business. I don't have a life goal of doing all this traveling and taking time off at this stage in my life. I feel like I'm in this reverse retirement where I did all of that when I stayed home with my kids for 11 years and I really got to just relax and enjoy life and not have the pressure of working and focus on on raising them. Now at this stage of my life, I feel like it's pivoted. And that I want to invest in being a better person. I want to invest in self-growth. I want to really focus on building my practice and my courses and my podcasts and whatever it is that I can then create to make an impact on others. So my career and my impact on others is what's most important to me right now. Not the travel, not the relaxed lifestyle, not the thinking about going into retirement at this stage of my life but and i look at this as building my career out for at least the next 10 years and so for me to be compatible with someone i need someone who isn't looking at the opposite for their next 10 years thinking well i'm kind of gearing down i'd like to do more traveling i don't want to work as much because that is not going to be aligned with the kind of day-to-day lifestyle that i'm going to need i'm not going to be wanting to you know pick up and go traveling every single weekend i'm going to want to invest time working and focusing on that and having a certain lifestyle that's that's conducive to building what I want to build. So when you look at your life goals with your partner, you look at, you know, we often look at the end result. What do we want? Where are we retiring? What are we doing? Are we, you know, we're we getting an RV and we're going to travel around the world and sell our house? Or, you know, are we going to be traveling around the world and and having different vacation homes? Or what is it that it looks like? Are you going to be sitting on your front porch together, reading books and and having tea and having the grandkids come over? Like, what does your life goals look like at the end of the day? But it's also the path to how you're going to get there right now. You might feel you are going to be really aligned at the end, the end results. But what you need to focus on is right now. Are you aligned in your life goals right now? Do you align with how you want your careers to look, the work it takes to, to put into your career, your family, your personal development? How is that aligned for you? Now, I remember even, let's bring it back to my own personal experience for a second, is when I went back to therapy in into counseling with my ex-husband, we were looking at life goals and, and valuing things. And I love my life goals to change, to learn, to grow, to surround myself with different people, new experiences. And his was very much to stay the same. He actually had a really hard time understanding why I needed things to be different, why I liked change so much, why I wanted to try new things, where he really liked doing the same things all the time, the same vacations with the same people, the same dinner parties on this you know, weekend every night. It's a very, very routine way of living. It brought him comfort, I guess, to be able to live knowing that nothing was going to change. Where for me... I felt trapped in that. I didn't want to change. I wanted to try, or I wanted to change. I wanted to try new things. I wanted to have new experiences. I like to take risks and and do things I'd never done. And so we were super unaligned in that way. And I felt guilty for wanting things to be different because I remember him saying in, in therapy, I don't understand why you, want thing, why you want change. Why can't you just like how things are and how they could stay the same? And that to me was a light bulb moment of... We are so not aligned in our values and our life goals and our vision of what we want. I don't want to live the same. I want to grow as a human. I want to be able to have different experiences with different people, not do the same thing every weekend for the rest of my life. I want new new experiences. And they don't have to be big. I mean, if anyone knows me, I am not a big, fancy, materialistic, experienced person. I want to just try new things and have different ways that can really build my experience here on earth. So life goals is really important to make sure that you are similar. You're on the same page about what you want to achieve in life and how you plan to get there together. Key element three is family and children. Now, compatibility in terms of having children or not, if you're in a relationship after divorce or even in a relationship before marriage, and one of you doesn't want kids, this is not something that's often changeable in a partnership. If one person is really certain that they don't want to have children and you are getting into this relationship with them, thinking that you're going to change that, what if you don't? Because it is so important to have to be on the same page. If you want children, this is something that you're thinking that you might have to sacrifice in order to be with this person. Is that something that's okay with you for your entire life? Because it's okay that you don't want children or your partner doesn't want children. But if you do, this is going to be a real cause of fracture in your relationship going forward it is going to be a hard one to change. And sometimes we think that, oh, I'll just, you know, we'll get married and I'm sure they'll change their mind. Make these, these values, these compatibility terms very clear early on. Do you want children? If so, how many? What is your parenting like? What? How are you parented? What are your philosophies around parenting? How do you believe we should discipline children? What do you believe that we should give children in terms of opportunities and money and screens, phones, social media? All those conversations are so important to have because once you realize you're so different about them, in the moment is a very difficult time to start to become aligned with this. And yes, before we have kids, before we actually have these experiences, we might not know for sure what we truly want and how we will be but we have a general understanding or an idea of what we think we would want and do until we're actually confronted with this child with this teenager and and confronted with these issues in life is when we'll truly know but if you come in having no clue it's not going to set you up for a really successful experience But if the two of you come in with at least an alignment of what you believe in, what your philosophies are, what you think you're going to try and do with family, what the expectations are even regarding your roles in the family system and who's responsible for what, even when it comes down to financially, these are all really important conversations to have because if you are really out of line on these things. This is what's going to create your foundation to be very rocky because you need to be on the same page when it comes to these philosophies and expectations in order to build a solid foundation. And yes, they can change over time, but make sure you're having these open conversations about it. That's how we grow and change and get stronger. Key element number four. This is when you are in a relationship early on, before you get married, even after you've been divorced, And you're recoupling again. What is their philosophy? What is your philosophy on monogamy and commitment? It's really important for both of you in a relationship to agree on the level of commitment and exclusivity you have in a relationship. You know, are you, do you believe in monogamy or are you just dating? What are your commitment expectations? Where are the gray areas for you when it comes to crossing boundaries, betrayal, being unfaithful. What does this look like and what are those definitions are to you? Because sometimes our definition of what is betrayal, what is infidelity is not necessarily the same as someone else and or your partner. So make sure you're really on the same page as this so that you can avoid these misunderstandings and conflict. Because if you do have different opinions of what they are, at least you know full well where they know the lines are. And you guys can start to put in these boundaries and expectations together. So have those conversations about monogamy, commitment. What does it look like? What does infidelity look like and mean to you? Those types of things. Key element number five, your religion and spirituality. So if religion and spirituality is important to one or both of you, compatibility in this area is really vital. So this includes your shared religious beliefs, your practices, your rituals, as well as respect for each other's beliefs if they differ. So you might be the kind of person who gets up in the morning, meditates, prays, you know, has some time to yourself, writes in your journal, and your partner totally doesn't. This is okay that you don't necessarily practice this together, but it's really important for your partner to respect that time that you have, to respect that value and that practice that you have together. It is a beautiful thing when you get to do it together. And I will say that when in in a relationship with Mike, we had a beautiful practice of every single morning, getting up and writing in our journal and setting our affirmations and really becoming aligned with the kind of person that we wanted to be that day and then in the future, and setting goals for ourselves. And it is a really beautiful experience when you can share that with someone. It is so bonding and so connective. And it's also, so, it, it's it's bloody sexy when you have someone you're with who's really looking at themselves and how they show up and setting those affirmations and those goals and really focusing on that. But if it is something that only you do, that's okay too. As long as your partner is supportive of you, this is the most important part. You know, now in my life, especially since Mike's passing, my spiritual practice has like tenfolded. You know, now I'm I'm I pray. I I do these tarot cards, which are quite bloody amazing. That's a whole different thing. But I journal and I set my intentions, and I set my desires, and I really ask for the universe for a ton of guidance. And I do some spiritual connection with him as well, as well as setting goals and, and looking at my future. And this is a really big part of my day-to-day living of how I can show up and be the best, best self. And whoever I end up in a relationship with in the future will need to, to at least show us respect for this because that's going to be one of my, my absolute needs. So make sure that you're on the same page with your religion, your spirituality, what that looks like in your relationship, how much time it takes, what support each other needs in order for that to be facilitated and to grow. Key element number six is financial compatibility. Now, one of the biggest reasons marriages break down is because of financial stress, because you are not aligned in your finances. That means where it comes from, how it's made, how it's spent, how it's saved, all those things. Financial stress on a partnership is one of the number one reasons that marriages can fall apart. Not saying they will, but they can. And it puts a lot of stress on your relationship. So making sure that you both know or very clear about financial matters. Do you both get to go to the in, in, your advisor, your banker, talk about what you have, have it all laid out there, be super transparent, talk about your spending habits, talk about your saving goals, your financial responsibilities inside your relationship. Is it okay that one person takes time off to raise the kids and not go back to work? If it is, don't hold that over their head. You've made that responsibility and that choice as a, as a couple, as a family. Is it my money, your money, or our money? It's so crucial to have these conversations and be compatible with your beliefs around money because money is already super uncomfortable and super stressful. Let's not make it even more by being the, in the dark about it. So have these hard financial conversations so that you can avoid the conflict and stress around it. Be aligned with that. Number seven, sexual compatibility. Now let's just face it, sex in a relationship is very, very important. You know, while it can evolve over time as we get to know someone, having a mutual understanding of each other's sexual needs and desires and boundaries is a key component to really having a healthy, intimate relationship how much sex do you want how much sex does your partner want what kind of sex do you want and talk about this if you are not aligned i see this more often than not is couples will come and say well they're not very you know sexual anymore they're not passionate we don't touch they're not affectionate he wants sex more than me or i want sex more than him and you know it becomes more of a rote routine or or it's a lot of bargaining about sex and using it almost as our bargaining tool or you feel like it's It's an obligation to have sex because of the way that your partner is contributing in other ways. So it's so important that you're using sex as a way to intimately connect with each other and build and foster love, compassion, passion with each other and compatibility for the long-term. So talk about it. The biggest thing that couples don't do is talk about sex. I know it's uncomfortable. It can be super uncomfortable, but this is where you can break down those barriers and really get to know each other on an, intimate, on an intimate level. What do they need? What do they like? What do they want? And where are the lines in this regard? Have those conversations and enjoy each other in terms of sexual needs and figure out what's a good place for both of you to be at together. And then number eight of the key elements is long-term commitment. Talk about the future of your relationship. Are you into this for the long term? Are you being exclusive? Are you willing to dive in and do the work when things get hard? Are you committed to putting each other first? Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be with them forever. Your long-term commitment does not mean now I'm like, could never leave you even if things get really bad, But are we in this for the long term? Are we committed to each other and making this work? So those eight key elements of foundational compatibility really provide a solid framework for a successful and enduring relationship. So knowing these things helps you reduce the likelihood of big conflicts that arise from being so different, from having differences in core values, and even life goals and objectives. But it's important to know that while foundational compatibility is really essential, relationships also require ongoing communication, compromise, and effort to navigate challenges and overcome conflict and resolve issues and change over time. That's the biggest thing. It's not that you never fight. It's how you fight and how you repair when things happen. So the strength of a relationship will hinge on these foundational elements. Your compatibility in these areas is crucial. And it's really vital that neither of you feel forced that you're compromising your core values and what you want in life or make massive sacrifices for the other person that could have long-term consequences. Because love, yes, love is a beautiful thing. But if your ideas for the future do not align and you have put them on the back burner thinking your partner is going to change for you or change their mind over time, this is going to be very challenging for you to build a shared, fulfilling life together and you might find that you're in a situation where compromise is impossible. And then in that case, it may be time to have to face reality to make a difficult decision about whether this relationship is truly meant to be for the long term. So that is essential ingredients number one. And that was a big one. That was our biggest one to start the eight key elements of foundational compatibility. Now, the second key ingredient that I believe is important in a relationship, so important, is willingness. Is your partner willing to do the hard work with you when it comes down to making things work? A successful relationship is not just finding the right person. It's also about being willing to put the work in to make it thrive. So often, more often than not, we always see struggles with couples where one person wants to do the work and the other person is resistant. The other person doesn't want to do counseling, doesn't want to do therapy, doesn't think they need to, isn't willing to go down that path and unpack all that stuff from the past. This is a red flag. You get to choose now. Are you willing to be with someone who's not willing to work on the relationship with you? Willingness is the first step of being successful, being open to working on things and figuring out how to get the right support, how to get the right guidance when things aren't going well. Are both of you genuinely committed to weathering the storms that may come your way? Will you be open to having those tough conversations? to listening to each other, to embracing constructive feedback so you can push through challenges together. This is so important. Willingness is the first step. And many people believe they possess willingness until challenges and issues arise. And sometimes this is going to be the turning point of you noticing, is my partner willing to do the work with me? One of the most beautiful things I feel in my relationship with Mike, and we had a lot of things to work on because of our, you know, we did not want to repeat the old patterns from our marriages and our relationships that didn't work. We knew that we could be better, better versions of ourselves in our new relationship. And the beautiful part was that we both were so willing to open that up, to crack that egg, to do the work and the hard work that it was going to take to face what we had to face about ourselves and shed old patterns and old ways in order for us to start freshen again. There was a lot of vulnerable moments that the two of us had gone through in therapy. We went to therapy weekly for the last two years, but we literally started therapy right away at the beginning of our relationship because we really wanted to do it differently. I wanted to know the deep darkness of him. He wanted to know the deep darkness of me. And the more we knew that about each other, the more and more in love and connected we felt. And the safer that we felt in our relationship when we were just able to like shed all that weight, to peel back the layers of that onion, and to really see each other for who we really are. And... His willingness to go there because it was going to be scary and it was going to be hard and who knows what was going to come out, you know, was this relationship going to weather that storm. His willingness to just do the work was also what made me willing to just stick it out with him in this relationship and him vice versa with me. The fact that they're willing doesn't mean they have to be perfect, but willing to do the work and get their hands dirty and do the changing that it takes. Now, the willingness factor is the first step. And like I said, many people believe they're willing until difficult things in your relationship arrive arise. And sometimes this is the key key clincher here. Sometimes what's lacking isn't willingness, but now it's capacity. So your partner might be willing to do the work with you. They might be willing to show up to the therapy. They might be willing to do the coaching, willing to do the course, whatever it does, whatever it takes. But they might not have the capacity to make the changes that you need. So capacity involves being really realistic about what you can ask of your partner and what they can actually realistically provide for you. So you can ask yourself this are you expecting them to change fundamental aspects of their personality or behavior? Because if you're asking them to change who they are, they might not have the capacity to do this. There's behaviors and small things that we want our partners to be able to change, which many will be willing to, can be willing to change and have the capacity to do so. But are you asking them to change who they are as a person? Because in that case, You know, likely they might not be willing, but they might not have the capacity to do that. We can't, we don't have the capacity to literally change who we are, especially if someone wants us to be someone else. We have to be able to accept our partner for who they are and the foundational part of them in their core. But it's the behaviors on the outside that are causing dysfunction, that are causing rifts, that are having repeated patterns of issues that keep showing up and showing up over time. Those things need to be changed. And do they have the capacity? to change them. So are you demanding more than your partner can actually give you even if they're willing to try? So capacity extends beyond willingness. It's not about them wanting to make the changes. It's about their ability to actually meet your needs effectively in the way that you need them to. For example, let's say, Let's say someone, your partner continually reacts negatively or avoids conflict. Whenever you bring something up, they automatically jump to the defensive or they avoid conflict entirely. And you bring this up every time you say, you know, every time I bring something up, you get defensive or you literally flee, but it happens every time. And they might say to you, oh, you know what? I know. Like, I know I do that. Like, I really need to work on that. I shouldn't do that with you. I'm really sorry. And then the next time something comes up, they do it again. And you're back to score one. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't do that. I should have in the moment. I'm so sorry I did that again. Now we're getting more and more angry because they're doing the same pattern over and over again. They say they want to change, but they don't actually change. So they may actually genuinely want to but they may not have the skills or the self-awareness to actually do it and to get the capacity that they need to do this work to make these changes, they have to invest in working on themselves. They have to get deep on how they can change that patterning within themselves. They have to be open to be aware of catching themselves in those moments, being able to accept accountability for the ways that they are contributing to the patterns that are not working and how they aren't making the changes that are required, even though they want to. So capacity is the constraint that defines how our partner can show up in a relationship, how we can show up in a relationship. It's not a reflection of our worth. You know, they want to change, but they're not changing. Maybe they actually don't have the capacity to do it. They haven't done the work or they've done the work, but they honestly don't have the ability to make those changes to themselves or they don't really underlyingly want to. They tell you you do because that's what you want to hear, but do they really? And are they actually able to do the work? When I look at my marriage, there was a lot of capacity issues with the way that the changes I needed to make. I couldn't teach him to be empathetic to have that natural ability to be deeply empathetic and accountable for yourself and and connecting on a deep level the capacity wasn't there there was willingness but it just wasn't possible it wasn't that kind of person i was asking something of someone that wasn't able to give it to me truly because it just wasn't the kind of person that he was so you have to look at this too They might be willing to do the work, but are they able? Do they have the capacity to do that work for you? So as we wrap up, these three sort of essential components, these ingredients to a really happy, functional relationship are foundational compatibility, willingness, and capacity. I believe that these are the cornerstones of a successful relationship. And well, we can love and love is so important and it's absolutely a driving force behind our relationship, understanding and nurturing these key elements, these foundational ingredients are what truly sustains and strengthens a partnership. It's not a perfect pattern. You're not going to have this perfect relationship overnight, but you are going to have a really amazing journey with someone who wants to do the foundational work with you. And it's essential for you to be radically honest with yourself right now about the fact, is this even in your relationship right now? Do we have these three essential ingredients? Do we have foundational compatibility, willingness, and capacity so that we can actually get ourselves to the level that we want so that we can build a fulfilling and enduring connection with someone that you can grow in the future with. And this is all just information gathering. If you're realizing in your partnership, they're willing, but they're not able to, this is now putting the ball back in your court. You get to decide what you're going to do with this. Because if you know this information already, you get to say, you know what? This is what I need. I need someone that is capable of the change, not only willing to, but actually doing it because that's what I need to build a happy, fulfilling, and successful partnership. That's what I need in someone in order for me to grow and me to feel like I can show up in, as my authentic self and truly be connected and, and feel love and fulfillment. There's nothing wrong with your partner if they just aren't able to do these things. They just not might be the right person for you. So focus on those essential elements, of course, there are always so many other ingredients and essential pillars involved in order for you to have a happy, healthy, functioning relationship. But if some of these things are missing, it's time to go deeper into that and just be open and radically honest with yourself about the fact that maybe it's going to lead to you having to make a really big and important decision. And like I said, if you if you want help and support with that, it's right here. You can send me a message, send me an email go over to my Instagram and DM me about how I can help you look at your relationship deeper because there is no fun in being in a relationship where your partner is willing to do the work, but it's just nothing's changing. So what's going on? What's going on in your relationship for there to be fractures in your foundation? Because we wanna be able to be building this foundation on something other than sand. And you you might be building on sand for this whole time until now. And now you're wondering, can I continue to do this? Because we want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. My biggest goal is for you to be happy in your relationship. That starts with your relationship with yourself, but it's also in your relationship with the person in your life that you are the most intimate with, that is most important to you. And there is nothing more beautiful than being in a relationship and where you both can thrive, where you both feel safe to be vulnerable, where you both can show up as your authentic self and not only be willing, but capable of making the changes that are required so both of you can grow together. So I hope that that helps. And I hope that you learned a little bit today. I'd love to hear from you. Please don't forget to go and follow the show, write a review, give us a rating. I would love that and keep on thriving out there. I do have a free Facebook community as well. It's a private Facebook community, but if you want to join us, it's called the strength to thrive in life, love, and divorce. I'm going to put that link is well in the show notes. And I'd love you to come over there and get some more free value and some more face-to-face with me on a daily basis so that we can really help you find the strength to thrive in your relationship too. All right. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.